Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here, and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have the fabulous Richard Hemingway um, talking to us about lots and lots of really important and interesting information coming out of the BizStats database and from his own experience in the market um, in relation to the state of the market and state of valuations um, in the market. Now, Richard talks to us today wearing many, many hats, listening to the podcast as we talk about the many hats that he wears, um, and the many interesting statistics that he has been able to draw out of biz stats data and um, his uh, his other exposure in the industry. This um, really is quite an interesting episode. We dig into various market changes um, and some interesting statistics. So buckle in, here we go with our discussion with Richard Hemingway. Excellent. Richard, huge thank you for coming onto the podcast today. Oh, it's great to be here again, Joanna. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. I'm so excited to have you back. Now, of course, you're here talking today um, from a biz stats perspective, but also you wear so many hats. Like, I, I feel like it would be useful for our audience just to get a bit of background from you um, as to these multiple hats that you're wearing so they, you, you know, have a bit of an idea of the perspective that you're coming at today from some of these topics. Yeah, thanks, Joanna. Yeah, and then any conversation with me doesn't get, get far without mentioning BizStats. I'm fairly passionate about it and so absolutely wearing the BizStats hat today. Um, it's such a great tool, but we'll get into that shortly. Yeah, look, I, I have, um, as you say, wear a number of hats. Uh, I'm the founder of the Mandanex Group, which is um, uh, essentially an M&A advisory uh, and, and business sales company that started um, in New Zealand when I was living there. Uh, how many years ago? Around about ten years ago, and and grew to have operations in um, Australia, Indonesia, and Singapore, uh, and have we've now uh, sort of spun off as well a um, a finance brokerage, Mandanex Finance, that operates here in Australia. Um, but but latterly, uh, and with uh, in particular in Australia, I've sort of merged my business here in with Blue Mount Capital, which is a mid market investment bank, um, long established uh, with, with a deep pedigree in the market, um, and I'm the CEO of the the, the Blue Mount's business in Sydney. Which uh, uh, so with all those hats, yeah, I'm, I'm a busy busy boy a lot of the time. <laughs> so many hats, Richard. So many mm. hats. Um, okay, all right. Well, look, let's just get into um, the state of the market and the information that's coming out of BizStats and any other information um, that you have access to. So, so um, I, I guess first headline, um, what, what, what are you seeing in the market? What are some of the trends that you're seeing? Yeah, thanks, uh, Joanna. Well, it, it's interesting. We've certainly within BizStats, we, we've had a, a brisk start to the year and have had um, over the last year, we've had around about, uh, well, in excess of 400 sales uh, going to our, our BizStats database, which is which is great. Um, it shows a couple of things. It, it shows that there's, you know, 
more traction uh, for BizStats as a as a tool that brokers uh, out in the market are, uh, are actively using and and wanting to participate in growing um, for the for the benefit of the that whole sort of um, uh, SME uh, sort of um, business sales side of the market. Um, I'm seeing in there within um, within BizStats, I'm seeing a. Uh, probably on average, uh, an increase in the size of the the businesses that are uh, are being entered into the the database. Um, bearing in mind that it's um, it's kind of an average, but the the sort of the average turnover of the last six months uh, of businesses sold in there um, was was over one point one million, and and um, and that's uh, that's kind of uh, an, an interesting lift, uh, and we're seeing more and more sort of multi million dollar. Um, uh, turnover businesses and and consequently um, the deal sizes are uh, are increasing you know as you'd understand as a function of that um, so so the database itself is getting some um, some great traction and it um, as I say it it means that it's very important and here's my sort of first plug for this I guess very important that uh, uh, that uh, that active brokers out in the market should should think about joining the AIBB and and start um, contributing their sales and consequently getting getting access to uh, to the sales that are in the um, that are available. Uh, we're seeing, um, and again, I don't have precise data on this, but seeing um, that uh, the multiples in the market uh, are sitting sort of up towards 3.5 times our internal acronym of uh, uh, PBITDA, which is um, EBITDA, and I think the whole um, sort of listening audience will sort of understand what EBITDA is and, and PBITDA just says it's profit before uh, the proprietors of the business um, uh, take take their um, uh, either remuneration or or um, any other sort of drawings out of the out of the business and, and so that that figure for, for the first six months of this year was sitting up around 3.5 times which is uh, you know it's a a strong bounce back, I guess, from from what we saw um, through the COVID uh, COVID times, and then uh, and then the year following. Um, seeing in there as well, um, and forgive me, I'm just flicking between screens to make sure I don't tell everybody uh, incorrect figures, relying on my memory. Um, that intangibles, um, intangible assets as a as a component of business sales are sitting. Oh, sorry, as a component of total sales value, is sitting at around about seventy percent of of total sales value, so it's interesting. And again, I don't, I, I just haven't gone back and tracked exactly how that's trended um, over the last few years. But, but it um, it certainly highlights that uh, uh, that the components of of a of a business sale uh, outside sort of stock and plant and equipment are are very very important. The the intangible assets are are really the key component of value that that buyers are are investing in. Fascinating. That really is fascinating because, you know, I always look at from the perspective, well, what's the, what's the value for the buyer and how are they seeing that that value will transfer? And of course, when we're talking about tangible assets, that, that concept of transfer of value is so much easier than the intangibles. So, um, yeah, fascinating. Okay. Interesting. And then have you seen any, um, data or on any sort of trends um, fr from an industry basis. So any industries that you're seeing a lot more activity in or a lot stronger sort of performance? Uh, not, not really, uh, Joanna. I, I think the um, the sort of hospitality industry obviously has um, has come through a, 
a very rough patch through the through COVID year, COVID years, and has um has bounced back quite strongly. And and there's sort of uh, you know a lively sort of transaction flow there. Probably, um, I'd have to go back really and analyse it to see what uh, what the underlying data is telling us. But uh, my sense is that um, there's a bit of pressure on multiples in that sector, whereas um, some of the the um, services businesses. Uh, I think are, are are trading very well. Is there anything that surprised you that sort of popped out from the data that you weren't expecting? Um, really, it, it was kind of what I said earlier uh, that that there are uh, a lot of sort of mid market, uh, depending on how you define that, but sort of sort of lower middle market businesses uh, are transacting um, through. Again, through the AIBB membership, transacting very, um, very strongly um, over the last six months, and that's that's uh, probably a change, uh, if you like, in terms of um, uh, the activity the, um, the the AIBB broker members are are doing um, in terms of uh, valuations themselves. Uh, I, it, it's not really surprising to see such a strong component of intangibles within um, within the um, uh, the makeup of um, of businesses, it, it, it fits with the, you know, um, it fits with what you'd expect, uh, and and potentially if we look at it as a, you know, uh, look at that in comparison with sort of um, uh, what the data you'd see uh, out of the ASX, uh, I think the component of um, intangibles, uh, looking at the total sort of market capitalization in the ASX, would be would be significantly higher than that seventy percent number. So that kind of makes sense. Um, uh, as a as a figure, three point five times PBITDA um, is quite a strong uh, number, and and so I I was kind of surprised, um, but it, it shows um, I, I guess it shows a, a confidence uh, out in the market. Interesting to know, and you, and you probably hadn't broken the data down this far, so um, but just sort of as a discussion point, be interesting to see if. In, in this last quarter, there's been any difference to um, the previous quarters? Obviously, there's this uh, concern right now about the ratcheting up of um, interest rates and what impact that might be having on buyers. Have you seen, was there anything in the data sort of to talk about, you know, I, I guess broken down more granular like that? Completely fine if you haven't looked at that, Richard, just thought I'd check. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I haven't, I haven't looked at that, uh, Joanna, but, but you're right. I mean, you know the over, overall economic drive, uh, drivers have uh, have some level of un, uncertainty and pressure on uh, pressure on people, but um, say the you know the multiples seem to be holding up holding up quite strongly. And those multiples, did you have a comparison rate to the prior um, to to the prior year to see where they'd moved? Obviously, you talked about three point five times pivot up, but I'm just interested to hear you know what it was in the past. Um, and and again, if we go back through the the unusual and, and goes without saying the unusual sort of uh, COVID period, um, then they'd come off. And I don't have that number in the in the top of my head, but this is probably. Restoring it back to historic levels, um, uh, probably a little bit stronger at the moment, but it's, um, but, but yeah, no, and as I, I haven't, I haven't got those sort of written in front of me, but nonetheless, um, I, it's true to say that certainly over the last sort of 24 months that that's been a strengthening in multiples. 
Mm, it's great to see, isn't it? It's really good to see in the market. And and what about valuation trends? Have you, and perhaps this might be even drawn more from your own experience than um, the BizStats data, but have you seen any changes in valuation trends? I, I have. Um, I, I guess, again, what we've seen over the last couple of years is the um, – uh, the international valuation standards have come into force, uh, and they're very um, strong. Actually, they're they're a fantastic tool for valuers uh, to uh, to use. They they um, underline um, and give uh, credibility and and sort of give a framework for uh, for we as valuers to um, uh, to to perform our work. Uh, they certainly talk a lot about um, the use of market data in. Uh, in valuation uh, and give, uh, as say, a requirement and a, and a framework for which we, we should be accessing market data. And so, again, for I think it's the, only the second time that I, I plug the membership and uh, being part of this stats, but it really is important. Um, but uh, so, so accessing uh, appropriate market data is uh, really important. So, so uh, the international valuation standards having come in force, they um, they talk again a lot about um, how how best to analyse uh, intangibles, and that it's not just one lump that, that we should be looking, uh, you know, in a bit of detail as to uh, the, the component parts of uh, of what makes up uh, those intangible assets, be it customer base, etc., etc. Um, the the other component in terms of trends of, of in the valuation area. Um, is it? I don't think it's really hit the the Australian market too much, uh, as much as it would say in the European market. But um, how to factor in ESG type considerations within a business value? It's something that I think as as valuers here in the Australian market, and certainly at the the lower middle market, middle market sort of um, side of it, uh, it tends to be known, but not not any way tried to factor into the uh, the actual sort of Formal and numerical part of uh, of deciding on business uh, value, but it's something that I think is coming. We're, we're seeing again at the the big end of things. A lot of investors uh, are requiring uh, ESG protocols in in some of the large and mega transactions around the world. And just as we've um, we we've seen um, in our chat that. Uh, May not be live yet in the podcast, but anyway, we we talked around um, some of the uh, components of um, uh, you know the the rep and warranty insurance and those sorts of things that are finding their way down into the lower middle market. Just as we're saying that, I, I suspect over time, um, as valuers in this end of the market, we're going to need uh, need to take a more formal and methodical way of assessing ESG impacts. And I guess the other thing that is seeing in the market, and this is um really a a question and a, a you know something that we'll need to keep a watch on is the impact of ai on um on business valuation i i think uh, you can find your your favorite ai um sort of tool and and ask it against some parameters to to do the task for you um there's a long way to go before that's realistic and and uh, I guess I need to say and, and but truly believe that I'm not sure that it will ever get there in terms of that because there is so much you know that there's a science in in valuing a business but but there's also a great deal of uh, experience and um, uh, and it's wrong to say gut feeling but uh, uh, you know experience and, and non uh, non-quantitative factors that need to be brought into uh, 
to arriving at a, an appropriate value for a business. So, it, but it'll be interesting to see what the AI space does to, uh, you know, to valuation and and you know, techniques used for valuation. And what's some of your tips, or, or even you know, are there ways in which you're using AI at the moment, or, or you feel that we're very close to being able to use AI in that area? Well, look, there, there are. Um, there are. It, it depends a little bit, I guess, on what other tools you you use. You know, um, uh, as I say, access to data is is very key, and so if you have access to uh, uh, to BizStats through you know through the AIB mem- membership, um, then uh, look, unless uh, unless one of our members happens to be a uh, a bot of some sort, which we <laughs> don't think, then then AI doesn't have access to any of that data, and so that's that's something that's you're not going to be able to access. But again, you know, I I use uh, uh, a tool called Volutico, which is a, a fantastic valuation tool for uh, out of out of Europe. But it's um uh, it as part of that, it gives access to the Capital IQ database, uh, which uh, is fantastic to be able to draw market data. Now, I I think in part. Um, publicly available information will can be you know sourced through uh, through some of the AI tools, but uh, why would you do it if you've uh, already got access to it? And I think a lot of that information that's in uh, in most of the you know the Chat GPTs etc. Uh, is a bit historic and dated, uh, and therefore uh, therefore will sort of be compromised in its utility uh, within the valuation space, but. Look over time. I, th- I think it's going to evolve. Uh, it's going to evolve as something that can create efficiency. So rather than doing everything for you, it it will potentially be able to create efficiency in terms of some of the, you know, some of the drafting and what have you, so that we can spend more time, uh, more time sort of thinking rather than um, doing type of thing. Um, and it's kind of unrelated, but maybe interesting for for listeners. You know. Um, uh, as part of a number of sort of large ERP system implementations I did back in uh, public company days, um, we sort of started those processes thinking that we'd be uh, gaining significant um, hard dollar cost savings out of uh, such implementations. But once you get through them, you realise it's it's not the cost savings uh, that that are important. It's more changing people's job to ensure that people are spending more time thinking and and adding value than than doing uh, work by rote sort of thing and um, and I, th- I suspect um, it's going to be the same sort of um, efficiency gain that that will um, allow people to get through some of the laborious parts of the work and allow allow them to then sit back and um, really deeply interrogate parts of the valuation which are the you know, um, give rise to the, the key value drivers within any any business, and yeah, it allows more thinking time, if you like, which um, which would be a good evolution, really. Mm. I mean, the whole topic of AI. I mean, we could do many many podcasts just about the you know AI and and the potential impact on the industry. I see many opportunities, so many opportunities, but also. Um, you, you know, I mean, you, you know, I've spent a lot of time. Um, working out what the, what the opportunities and also what the risks might be in the use of AI. And, and at the moment, it has this incredible ability to produce, um, information that sounds hugely credible, thus, but 
contains a whole heap of inaccuracy. So, I mean, I think that is, that, that is the risk. You know, we certainly, we certainly still need to be, um, you know, filtering information even closer than perhaps we, we were before because, um, there's, there's, you know, things that sound credible can be completely off the mark. So, uh, you know, I guess there's something going on in the background there. Oh, look, all of this is fascinating. And, and I guess, you know, one of the things that we should do is just restate, you know, access to the BizStats database comes through AIBB membership. Um, and through that membership, you get access to the data, but also, you know, um, I think it's fair to say there should be an expectation on members to be adding in the data. Um, and you, you know, what are some of the benefits, um, do, do you see of being a participant in, in adding in the data? Because, you know, like, let's just bust a few myths here. You're not giving away commercially sensitive information simply by uploading data because the, the data is, um, uh, is anonymized. You know, there's no, um, identifying information within that data. I think it's useful to add that in, Richard. Uh, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's really important to add it in, Joanna. And, and, and thank you for pushing that line because it's, it, it is important to, uh, to understand, uh, even, you know, I sit as the administrator of the, uh, the BizStats database, if you like. Um, and, uh, and, and even I've got no idea, you know, what businesses they are that are uh, that are going in there. So, so as a, as a user of, of the database, uh, you you don't have that visibility. What's happening in the database? And, and this is not quite directly answering uh, the question, but we actually are seeing more and more members um, of of the uh, AIBB inputting data, which is great. Um, I think it's something like oh, well over a hundred. Um, members and it's we're at an all-time high now uh, with the number of members who are contributing data and what that means is that the the type of sales that are uh, being entered into the uh, database are more varied we're getting more industries more uh, more locations and geographies that are, are going in there uh, we're getting a greater spread of you know small medium and larger businesses in there so as the uh, database grows the, the tool's getting more and more useful for members and so the you know, the consequence of that obviously is the more members that uh, participate, the better the data is. And that's really in everybody's interests. Um, you know, I guess we don't need to go back over the philosophy of, of why a private business sales database exists. You know, uh, private information is by definition private or, or private business sale information is by definition private. What that means is that it's, it really is very hard to benchmark what's going on in the, in the market without access to data and um, and the more data there is the more accurate that is that feeds into accurate pricing of of businesses uh, which then in turn uh, increases it, it allows expectations from a seller point of view to be uh, realistic uh, it gives a great sort of benchmark uh, uh, to um, you know uh, an overambitious seller um, who, who's able to see uh, able to see that their expectations are out of line with the market. It, that's very important and that then helps facilitate uh, um, that a, a transaction sort of happens at the right level. And, and the converse can apply. You know, you, you can you can have business owners who, who feel their uh, their business is only worth a certain amount and, and by observing transactions in the in the market, um, it, it can go the other way. So, you know, it's important at, at, at both sides of it. Um, 
And and look, as I say, it's self-evident that the more data that's in there, the more representative it is of what's happening in the market. Um, and I think that's just to, uh, to everybody's interest. One other thing that I'd love to see in the data one day, and I, I, I don't think it is a um, – I, I think the, the data in BizStats is for completed deals, not um, deals, n- not sellers who've put their business on the market and then ultimately not found a buyer. Is that right? There's no data that sort of captures that element. That- no, BizStats is just for completed completed sales. That That's right. Um, I know uh, some of the business sale – uh, portals will uh, allow and publish they you know um, publish data on on businesses that are for sale uh, at the moment uh, but yeah no I, to my knowledge that um, there's no data out in the market that shows businesses that have been for sale and 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 have not sold mm, well as an aside I just still still see that as a massive opportunity because of course we've got this body of businesses that you know and 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 data you know and successful sales but there's so much in the market um, and and I feel it's like increasing in the market I don't know if if that's correct or not but this um, the, the the businesses that aren't selling and and I you know I think it's a huge you know ultimately there's um, a lot of opportunity if we're able to help direct sellers as to what what differentiates that sale versus non-saleable business and and you know I mean we put out lots of content around that I know lots of people talk about that but it just it's very interesting you know to watch how that how that number that percentage sort of moves over time yeah and it, it is it is very interesting and and um, look a lot of the work I personally do out in the market uh, at the moment is in the sort of capital raising side of things uh, and and but I think there's a close parallel in what I'm about to say through to the um, the m and a world and and the business sale world I, I know that you know raising capital in the market your success or otherwise is is very closely linked to the amount of preparation. Uh, that you have, you, you have to be able to tell a story that an investor, whether that's an investor buying a whole business or an investor, you know, I- investing in, in either debt or equity in your business needs to understand what it is that, uh, they're investing in. And, and that, um, that strong preparation, I, I, I always say to, you know, clients that at times the, the process of preparing for a transaction can seem a little lengthy and tortuous, but it, it's time well spent. It really is time well spent in ensuring that you're ahead of the game uh, uh, in terms of being able to um, answer answer questions and and understand yourself what it is. It's a, um, yeah. It's a, I, I mean, I, again, going to sound nerdy again here, but it, I, it's a it's quite an enjoyable process working with business owners in terms of. Um, you know, uh, preparing the uh, the story and getting the ducks in a row in terms of a prospective transaction. Mm, love it, um, Richard. I just want to say a huge thank you for coming on to the show. I and and I'd like you to leave us before you go with two points here. Number one, um, if we've got people who are interested in getting involved in AIBB and in finding out more about the BizStats database, how they how they go about doing that and then separately how they go about contacting you if they'd like to talk about some of your uh, working with you in the market. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks. And, and thanks for having me on again, Joanna. It's um, it's always great to chat. 
Um, the AIBB, uh, I don't have off the top of my head, but I think it's uh, info at aibb.com.au, uh, I think would be the uh, the right email address, but um, aibb.com.au is the website for the AIBB and they um, uh, all the contact details will be on there. Um, and uh, if you call Zoe or Ebony at uh, the AIBB, they will um, be very happy to talk to you about membership. Um, any questions you've got on BizStats, uh, typically if you call Zoe or Ebony at AIBB, they'll um, they'll uh, put you in contact with myself. Um, but uh, for me, uh, yeah, happy always for, for people to reach out to me uh, by phone. Um, I, I'm very findable, so <laughs> – but. Uh, <laughs> Very well, we'll, put a link, we'll put a link hmm. there, Richard, for both for the AIBB, um, and a fantastic organisation I wholeheartedly mm -hmm. uh, recommend to every business broker that I meet should get involved um, and, um, and, and to you personally, Richard, we'll make sure we have some links there um, in our show notes to you. Huge thank you for coming on to the show. It's always a pleasure to have you, Richard. Great to chat, Joanna. Well, that's it for this episode of The Deal Room Podcast. We hope you're now primed for your next deal with these pointers and have enjoyed these fascinating insights. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic, then head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com where you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode as well as access any contact details and any other additional information we referred to in today's podcast. Now, if you'd like to get in contact with our guests today and the services they offer, you can go ahead and check out our show notes for a link right through to them and their details. You can also book in directly with our legal legals at Aspect Legal. If you'd like to soundboard your next steps, discuss a legal question, or find out more how we can assist, whether that's with buying or selling a business, or perhaps somewhere in between. Now, don't forget to subscribe to The Deal Room Podcast on your favorite podcast player to get notifications whenever a new episode is out. We'd also love to hear your feedback, so please leave us a review and rating if you're already one of our subscribers or even if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time. Every review helps our team produce valuable content for you. Well, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. Thank you.